And we are live here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. What's up, guys? Nick Scripp here on the P2W Fantasy Podcast. Trucking away in the, the offseason here. Uh, excited for the show today. Have a, a very familiar face and have a, a new face in terms of collaborating on a podcast. Very excited. I uh, want to make sure I get a chance to introduce both of these guys and let them know uh, where you can find them and what they got going on. Starting with, on the bottom here, Thomas. So, Thomas, Dynasty Tilt Podcast. You guys are partnered up with Underdog, which I think is awesome because I myself just had uh, a partnership opportunity with them. And I've seen your guys' uh, live streams a handful of times on there. Uh, involved with content for Trophy Smack, going for two Fantasy Intervention, Dynasty Vipers, Dynasty Happy Hour. Both the Vipers and uh, Dynasty Happy Hour are part of the Fantasy Points Media Group as well, just like this podcast. Uh, so shout out to them. Um, you and I have had some recent conversations about getting fucking jacked. So um, <laughs> glad, to, glad to have you on the show here talking some football, man. So wh where can we find you for one and uh, talk about what you got going on? Yo, man, that is true. We have been talking about that. I've been hitting that hard. I'm down 14 pounds since I started this again. Let's go. I'm ready to keep going. I got I got another 20-something to go. I'm ready for Canton. I'm coming in good shape. <laughs> I can't have it any other way. Look, I'm happy and honored to be here. Nick, we've been talking for just over a year, and this is the first pod we've managed to, to, to combine on here. Looking forward Long to that. Time, and Look, you can find me at Thomas Tipple FF. As you look at the bottom here, uh, that's at Dynasty Tilt. That is the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast Twitter account run by FT underscore Maddie. He's our guy for all of that. And hey, you catch me Tuesday live stream with Jacob and Billy. You can catch me Saturday podcasting with Tom Lee while he's across the globe over there in Aussie land doing his things. What we got going on, we just finished one heck of a run with Austin Gale, uh, uh, Pat Dougherty, Alfred Fernandez. Uh, ben Gretsch, just a killer, killer's row of guests. And uh, tomorrow we have uh, Josh Larkey. And after that, it's the rookie countdown. I actually just submitted my full tilt top 25 fantasy rookie rankings. Finally, God, uh, my own, my own show. And I just submitted it. I'm late for my own stuff. So that's, that's how it works here. Hey, better late, late than never when it comes to anything. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it sounds like you're very busy. As well, I was saying uh, to Thomas earlier, I was uh, creeping on one of his shows and uh, got a screenshot of his face to put on the the promo for this show. But uh, you definitely seem very busy, just like this other guy in the room who, uh, if anybody watches the show, should be familiar with uh, with Kevin. We did a, a show together all uh, regular season in 2021. Uh, Kevin is one of the three leads for the Debbie Royale. Uh, they have a podcast. They have a Patreon. Uh, now an analyst for football, guys, has the, uh, the hat on. And everything good to go. Uh, Kevin, you were on the, the Super Bowl show, and uh, we haven't spoke one time since then. So I'm just curious, uh, again, where can we find you? How have you been? And, and what's going on? Yeah, man, I'm doing good. Good to be back. Uh, you know, everything's good. I just got a, a kind of, I guess, a promotion to football guys. So that's a lot of fun. I, I just put out a new article, Dynasty uh, Running Back Strategy article, in terms of how you should do a Dynasty startup. So I know all you degenerates out there that are doing Dynasty startups, I take a look at that. I looked at Anchor Running Back. Uh, and then just, you know, Debbie Royale, as always, um, we're, all, we're pushing, we're trying to get to 100 patrons by April. Uh, we're at 61 right now. So then we just released that like about a month and a half ago. So we really appreciate that. Bunch of different content. You like rookie content, college football content. We got it coming out. We have a big release coming on Sunday. A bunch of new content that we put together. I personally have done about 50 pages in the last two weeks on that. So a lot, a lot of different stuff on the, on the manifesto for that. So um, if you guys could check that out, that'd be appreciated. Awesome stuff as always. So uh, before we get going, as always, this, this podcast is partnered up with the Fantasy Points Media Group. It's my one-stop shop for everything fantasy-related as both a fantasy manager and a content creator. So go check out fantasypoints.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code P2W22 for a discount. What we got going on today, I had a full show sheet ready, but then like a shit ton of stuff happened today. So we'll talk about what happened today before getting into uh, our segment of fact or cap. Uh, if you're watching this now, stick with us. all right all right see if i can get my uh 
sharing of the screen here figured out. And uh, what we got going on, um, if you are just tuning in, uh, talking about the the news that happened today and then along with uh, some fact or cap uh, statements here. And uh, yeah, we got even in the, the private chat, we got news drop. And I saw that uh, saw Sorry. that earlier. But no, no, I, I just saw it like two minutes before the show here. Um, first guy I want to talk about. And uh, we're super advanced on the show, so we'll just pull up these graphics from the ESPN Fantasy app, which shows Matt Ryan and the Colts logo behind him because he is a Colt now. Uh, in exchange for a third, the Falcons are taking on $40.5 million in, in a cap hit, which is the largest in NFL history. So uh, interesting day for Colts fans and Falcons fans seeing this news. Um, just briefly, what, what, what's your thoughts here? It could be about... Uh, Matt Ryan, it could be about anybody in the system. I know I do want to bring up somebody specific, uh, but we'll start with Kevin. What's your thoughts here on Matt Ryan being a Colt? Yeah, I mean, I liked it in terms of just Matt Ryan. If you, if you, I think he's fine. I think that, you know, when you're looking at what the Colts needed to do something, I think this is kind of what they fell to. And I think he'll be okay there. I, I, I obviously, from a fancy aspect, I think Ryan still has something left. I mean, that offensive line was bad, especially with what he was dealing with in Atlanta. He's a low end running, uh, probably yeah, probably quarterback to you. I mean, maybe he'll have some weeks where like maybe he'll have be a low end QB one. But I, I like I like that move for the Colts. They had to get something. It's better than Baker. Anything's better than Baker. Uh, but I, I do also, from a dynasty perspective, though, I'm selling the shit out of Michael Pittman Jr. I've never really been a Michael Pittman guy, and I've always said to sell him. And I, I'm not on there. So I know I you know me we, prepared, Kevin. I, I, I know. knew this guy was going to come up. So I got my graphic I made like seven weeks ago. And here it is. But yeah, well, I know you more. you like Michael Pitt. I knew they were going to fight on it. I just think it's time. I don't see him being like a. I just never I've always felt like his value overseeded his actual talent. And so I, I, I think with this news, people are going to just gonna be high in Pittman because they're already high in Pittman. And I think that if you if you have the ability to kind of sell up for somebody add a second to that and go get an elite wide receiver one. That's what I would do. All right. I'm, I'm curious to hear if, uh, if Thomas is in agreement about Michael Pittman, I, I again have the graphic I made uh, kind of made on, on the, the screen here. So if you're listening in your car, you can check it on YouTube. But what I have is uh, Michael Pittman's season and um, some of the weekly finishes for him for the wide receiver position, along with some of his stats. And he had a lot of really nice games and, it looks like it's a QB upgrade, but Thomas, what's your uh, what's your thoughts here on Matt Ryan, Michael Pittman, whatever you want to go? See, I'm trading for Michael Pittman because he fits what Matt Ryan can do now. Like, what are, what, what are the Colts going to do? The Colts are going to go and they're going to draft who? Justin Ross, maybe like later, or they're going to draft a burner. You can't throw to a burner. I, I I'm not trusting Matt Ryan to chuck the ball down the field, and the way their roster has holes to fill if anything maybe they replace like a ty hilton right with with one of those guys but big body and i'm sorry and people get mad at me a lot but michael Pittman is as close to calvin ridley as matt ryan was gonna see again right works the middle of the field he doesn't do much after the catch he, like, he's not gonna do a lot extra to help matt ryan Michael Pittman Jr. fits the mold for Ryan better than Pittman fit the mold for Carson Wentz, who can't hit a drag route to save his bloody life uh, where Matt Ryan can. Russell Gage was a viable option last year, and if you're telling me that Michael Pittman can't be better than Russell Gage, I, I think there's some haterade that you're drinking uh, on a personal level. So I, I like Pittman. I would pay for him. Most people that don't like Pittman, they're just never going to be willing to trade one of their stud guys, in my opinion, unless you add something significant. If anything, you're kind of looking for the person that has that mentality to make a move for him. Because the second round pick in this draft, you need you, you, Hassan, maybe? Eh, no thanks. I'll take that, take a receiver, and, and I'll Sorry, I'll take that pick and Pittman, and you can have one of my receivers. I'll, I'll double up my value. I like Pittman. So, I think he's going to be great. Wide receiver so, two all day. With uh, with Pittman this past season, uh, obviously some some solid weeks again on the screen here. I like the point about 
Russell Gage, because Russell Gage is very relevant um, this past season. He was relevant for actually two seasons for many weeks when he had the opportunity. I like the, uh, the point Kevin made as well that uh, Matt Ryan going to the Colts, it could have been several other guys. And I think from a fantasy perspective for Michael Pittman, you know, who would you have rather had thrown him the ball? Let's just say in 2022, would it, you know, you rather have Matt Ryan or, or Baker Mayfield or Matt Ryan or Jimmy Garoppolo? I think I'd take Matt Ryan from a fantasy perspective because I feel like that kind of elevates Pittman's uh, ceiling, I guess, just to a, to a degree because we've seen Matt Ryan make, uh, maybe he doesn't make those people relevant in fantasy from Atlanta in the past, but he definitely is a piece of that. And the Colts went across the last several years from luck to Brissett, to Rivers, to so Wentz, to to Ryan, who is 36 years old. So it's not like we're going to see, you know, 15 years of Matt Ryan, and they'll probably have another guy on this list at some point. But uh, Colts have definitely been interesting. Um, I, I want to pivot uh, to the next uh, piece of this because we have a lot to go over. But uh, another quarterback today, Jameis Winston back with the Saints. So I, I feel like a lot of people saw this on the wall. Uh, the writing on the wall for him to come back. I think uh, um, when we look at this past season, uh, two of his seven games played, he had three plus touchdowns, which was one of the categories I looked at for quarterback upside. How, how many games in a season, what percentage of a game uh, games played did a quarterback have three plus passing touchdowns or 300 passing yards. So he, he, he looked in a small sample size, like he was hitting one of those upside categories, which is again, three plus passing touchdowns, uh, seven and uh, I'm sorry, 14 and seven games, you know, you know, historically for fantasy, we saw the, uh, the season where he had the, the 33 touchdowns, the 30 interceptions, he was a QB four. He averaged 21.25. He's a bit more reserved uh, with the saints, uh, obviously under a different coach, uh, different expectations, but I, I see the path for him to, to have some upside, but I'm curious to hear about uh, any thoughts about Jameis Winston or anybody in that system. And, and Thomas, I'll, I'll go to you first on this one. So I'm actually currently writing an article for going for com about why Winston's a fantasy trap. Like he's always a fantasy trap outside of pretty much one year uh, where it took him throwing 30 interceptions and Arians going, well, we ain't got anything else um, to, for him to be the elite guy. And I don't think Michael Thomas is going to do enough to like make me vault him up. I think he is a trap. I think this is the type of time and move where you can trade Winston for Matt Ryan and get a little something on top. And you're probably getting replaceable quarterback production, right? Like the saints defense is probably just as good as the Colts defense. You'd say they both run the ball a ton, right? They both have a big bodied receiver that plays over the middle. Winston just likes to chuck the ball to the other team usually. And even with his big games, like you were talking about, right? Like he was the QB, what five, he was the QB four. And other than that, 28, 16, 26, 25, 26 with the saints, like his, his efficiency was up, but everything else way down. He's a statue. I would be trading Winston for someone like Ryan and getting something on top replaceable quarterback production. Yeah, that's that's what I live for. So it it's fine. It's what we expected. But if you're moving up or down because of it, eh, Ke- I, I, I wouldn't do that. Kevin, are you in the same uh, on the same wave as that uh, with Thomas for Jameis Winston, or do you feel uh, differently? Absolutely not. Me and Thomas are not going to get along this whole show because <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm yeah. all I like I'm that all, sometimes though. <laughs> I'm all for the Jameis love, baby. Like I, I think Jameis. Can do very well. He's a solid QB two in Superflex. He's been sure. the cheapest, you know, Superflex wise. Uh, I've been getting him a lot of rounds, like d- late rounds, and I like his value there. I think Michael Thomas co- coming back is a real thing, and I know that he's burned a lot of people, and you know, Slant Boy has not been able to stay healthy, and all the things that we've said about him. But he elevates that offense. I like Callaway as well, and I thought they had something there towards the middle of the year before Winston got injured. I do think that offense will be a little bit better this year. I think I don't know what's going on with Kamara. I again after the whole assault thing that's going on in Vegas. I mean, there's some things going on in that that area, but I think they can improve, and I think that he could be okay. Like I understand what Thomas is saying in terms of like I wouldn't look at him as being a QB one option all the time, but I do no. think he has some upside as that QB two, like that 25 points against Washington. Like there are there are games where he could do that. I would I would expect 16 to 20 points is a good ba- 
baseline for me in terms of like his fantasy production. If you can get that six point passing touchdowns, I think it elevates him a little bit because I do think they're going to throw a little bit more. If Thomas is there, I don't think we've seen his upside yet as a quarterback. And I think I'm okay with that. I don't think I would trade him for Ryan. I understand what he's saying, but for me personally, I, I've always been more of a Jameis guy. I think that his ceiling is a little higher there. It's, I don't, I don't, um, it's it's not necessarily trading Winston for Ryan because they should be your third quarterback already, if not your fourth, on your superflex roster. But oh, extent, ex- uh, he's it, not. He's my two. Okay. Oh so gosh. You, 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 hey, so I'm, I'm listen sorry. here. Okay, it can be done. I promise. <laughs> I'm I, oh, I'm sorry. Um, but <laughs> I, I like for me, if I have a Winston who is DLF ADP right now is like the 27th or 28th quarterback off the board, he should be your third at that point. Uh. You know, unless you're Kevin who waits till the 28th quarterback off the board to grab a second one. Uh, but you can take his current value for what we've seen in his career, which is fine with pop games. Yeah. And you can get that replaceable production and mm-hmm. extend your draft capital, which obviously increases over time a little more. Uh, I, I would I'd be willing to do that. I almost wonder uh, trade wise, though, if he's going as a 27th, 28th, what you're actually going to get, you know, out of him, um, if he's just a hold at that point. Because if I had to do 2022 rankings and and he's the 28th off the board and then he finishes as the 24th, then I probably might have been just like better off hanging on um, to him. Uh, but it's I can see I, I can see both sides of things. Maybe we got people in the chat saying uh, Jameis QB one with the fire emoji. So there, I could see the polarizing portion of him. But let, let, let's go to our last guy just so we can get into the uh, the rest of the show here. Um, I know you guys probably want to talk about this guy more than anybody. Uh, Marcus Mariota is back and he is uh, in Atlanta. Can I talk about him the least? Uh, yeah, that's that my sarcasm. You know, I have this like fake ass Chicago accent that comes out and sometimes <laughs> the sarcasm just doesn't really roll roll in there that much. We actually were in a group chat today, the three of us. And I not not to say I, I called something because I feel like it was kind of obvious at some point that he had a chance to go to Atlanta. But I put the uh, the gif of Mariota and uh, I don't think Thomas was uh, uh, too much of a fan, which I, I was I, trying I, to I, eat I at the understand. time. Yeah, I was trying to eat at the time. It was ruined. It was. It was. So a couple of random guest appearances uh, on the Raiders and Titans across the last few seasons. His last actual season where he got a lot of work was 2018, 2019. He's in Atlanta. Atlanta has just been exploding this this offseason. Kyle Pitts is, is over there. And then uh, Patterson is is back. Um Outside of that, I don't know if I can even mention other guys. I know, like, there's going to be people that say certain guys like Frank Darby and uh, Zacchaeus are going to be these major sleepers, but I'm just not super interested. But uh, Marcus Mariota, we can make it a long conversation, a short one. Kevin, we'll, we'll start with you. Yeah, he's all right. Like, I, I think if he starts, you have some some upside from his rushing perspective, right? What we could talk about. Um, I do think the Falcons are going to draft somebody, unless they just punt it and go to next year. So I do think there's some concerns there. Uh, if they draft Kenny Pickett, though, I'm going to throw up in my mouth because Kenny Pickett is <laughs> the biggest fool, fool's trap in the world. And I'm going to keep saying that. The dude has barely bigger hands than my daughter, and she's four. Um, but there, there's a problem with Kenny Pickett there. So if he goes that route, yeah, Mark is going to play a big role. I do – I think he's okay. Like, I think in redraft, he's worth like, you know, a streaming option later pick. As far as dynasty goes, you might as well just get rid of him now because this is the last time Mariota is going to have that kind of um, that value that you'd like to see there. So, uh, to me personally, I don't see much about it. I've never been a Mariota stand. Um, and I, I think if you can get out now, you get out now. Thomas, same page, or do you have a little bit more uh, optimism for Marcus Mariota here? Mariota is one of my favorite types of players because he's dirt cheap, right? And he he should run. Part of the problem when he was in Tennessee was that people were wondering why he wasn't running enough, right? That's part of the reason that made him such a tantalizing prospect was that he was so athletic and he can take off, but he just refused. And I think that he kind of knows that's his ticket right now is to yeah. use that that athletic profile now and he's gonna need to (laughs) with atlanta and atlanta needs so many things that drafting a quarterback should be low on their list so i think you're safe with him to play because they're not gonna play franks right and rosen did rosen things in the two passes i think he got last year he's gonna play and if he plays he's gonna run 
And that's my favorite kind of target. He's probably sitting on your waivers unless whoever had him has had him since 2016. He's just been praying. Um, but he's one of my, he's one of my favorite types. Is he going to be a good quarterback? No. Is he going to be a great fantasy quarterback? I a couple weeks of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. The the thing is with with uh, with Mariota that that um, I think you can respect uh, for the guys that hung on to him is that. In super flex league, so again, uh, if you are not familiar, it's a league where you can play two quarterbacks. It's hard. It's hard to have QB depth, and the price of the quarterback is so high. So, um, I, I think that uh, again, if, if if this is a guy you hung on to, now 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 you have a little bit more of depth, and will you play him on a weekly basis? Pro- probably not. Um, K- K- Thomas, you think it's you think it's uh, easier to trade quarterbacks in super flexes or? I, 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 so I'm just a person that's never, I've never believed in the uh, super flex quarterback value chart. Like I've never just yeah. believed I need to pay for someone because they're a quarterback. I'll play a receiver. Like if I ever get into that kind of a pinch where somebody but wants to charge me, do you think it's that way? I think it's perceived to be harder than it is. Uh, I, I think it's a lot easier than, than people are that wow. people might think to trade for a quarterback, but it also depends on the league that you're in. If you're in a league with somebody that goes into a startup and they take five quarterbacks, their obvious play is that they're going to take their fourth or fifth quarterback and want your 23 one and, you know, a high end wide receiver two to stick it to you. And at that point, just play a receiver. I I, I don't think it, it's, it's as hard as maybe people perceive it as yeah. it is. I just I don't think I've ever played in a super flex where it was easy to trade them personally. Um, I don't know about you, Kevin. If if so, I'm kind of in the middle. I, I agree with Thomas too. I think quarterbacks are the most overvalued asset. I agree with that for sure. I, like, I do agree with that. This shit drives me crazy in drafts and stuff like that. Like with the league we're in, I won a championship last year with Mac Jones and Zach Wilson as my two starting quarterbacks. Easy you, money. You can do other stuff. Like you can do stuff like that. Yeah. I will say though, trade value wise. I think especially if you're in a league with sharps or if you're in a league with kind of newbies too, I think they do overvalue the quarterback position, but they'll try to reach on these guys. But there's, there are true values where you could get Derek Carr before the news of Devontae Adams. Like there are ways you can kind of extract value out of guys, yeah. especially if you hit right. But if you miss, you miss hard. Like some of the guys, some poor souls got wins, Tannehill, someone else on their roster right now. And now they're kind of struggling because it's going to be hard to kind of get other guys. But I do think too, there's a way to manipulate the waiver wire. These quarterbacks get hurt. You can you can find 20 points from Mike White every once in a while. Like there yeah, are ways yeah, you can yeah. kind of manage it. You just have to be active. I think that's being active. You know that. I mean, play uh, to win, baby, right? Uh, play to win. Play so to win. One of the things that Tom Lee and I talk about on the walkabout constantly, that whole show is dedicated to current league, not startup value, but current league value at, at positions because it's super important. And the number one thing we reference is knowing your league. If out of the gate, you notice that your league is just driving hard to quarterbacks. I'm the type of person that will run the other way. Like I'll take my first quarterback in the first two rounds and I will not touch one until the 10th. Yeah because I refuse to take Kirk Cousins in the fifth round of a dynasty startup. You can't mm-hmm. pay me to do that. So uh, Wait, did you it, give me shit for having Jameis Winston as my QB too. That's exactly what I do here, Thomas. The, 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 well, the, I'm saying ah, he should yeah. t- up for, for, I'm trying to speak to the most people here. Okay. <laughs> he should be your third. He should be your third, well. but I mean, that's, it's just, it's just how I play. It's not how the yeah. masses play. Yeah. Which people is out here. Which, which Kirk is cousins in the fourth. Which is what makes Dynasty fun is because everybody values things at a different rate and everybody plays in a different rate too. Redraft's a different picture, right? Um, let, let, let's 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 go into our uh, our main uh, segment of this show. It's called Factor Cap. I I, I did uh, this sort of show with uh, Kyle Sapi from ESPN. We did this, and and I told him before I'm just I hit thirty in October, so I'm trying cool. to stay hip and cool. So uh, don't look a day no, over twenty five. Hey, I appreciate that. That's what I'm trying to look like Kevin with this beard, but you know, it's, it's, it's coming in kind of, kind of weird, but uh factor cap. So I'm, I'm basically just going to read a series of little notes and uh, ask you guys uh, if a statement is fact, which is AKA true or cap AKA false. So it's going to be one or the other. It's more one or the other. I'm sure a lot of these can be somewhere in the middle, but you kind of have to lean factor cap on this starting off with Deshaun. 
Watson. So Houston sent Watson and a 2024 fifth. The Browns sent a first round picks in 2022, 2023, 2024 and 2023 third and fourth round picks. So they sent a bunch of picks uh, in order to get uh, Deshaun Watson. So Watson has been the QB six, the QB two and QB five overall in his last couple seasons played in 2020 through for almost 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns factor cap here. Deshaun Watson is a top five dynasty QB. We'll start with Thomas on the bottom. Is that more fact or more cap? That's that's easy fact. That's easy fact. The guy's just good. Good. Will he be rusty? He'll be rusty, but overall. Yeah. All right. Easy. Easy. So he says easy. Kevin, shifting to you, is is Deshaun Watson being a top five dynasty quarterback? That statement more fact or cap? Yeah, that's a fact. He's QB4 right now to me personally. I mean, with where he was at before he came out, I, I'd easily put him at four. Um, and you can maybe even talk about him being over Herbert, maybe, depending on kind of how you like him. I know everybody loves Herbert, but I mean, with what he can do with the weapons around him, the kind of player he is. And he's still young. He's only 26. So uh, he's top five for me. So I'm gonna list. Uh, I'm gonna list a couple guys. Let me know if you'd rather have one of these guys. You guys can jump in at any rate over Deshaun Watson in Dynasty. So I'm just gonna. I got one, two, three, four, five guys. So here's my five: Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, oh, I'd have Watson, Trey overall. Lance, Watson overall. Uh, well, I, I, I'm a, I'm all about rushing quarterbacks. So give me Jackson, right? Yeah. Give me, yeah. give me Murray, right? Give me Herbert. And then I'll, I'll take Watson. All right. So that fits in your five. Ke Kevin, any of those guys listed Jackson, Murray, Burrow, Prescott, Lance, you'd prefer them over Deshaun Watson. Uh, Jackson would be the only one that I would, I would lean towards. And that's just because he's a Chico when he's healthy and for people forget what he was doing last year before he got hurt. So I think Jackson over there, I would take, Deshaun Thank over you. Burrow all day. Like, I don't, I don't even like Burrow is the I, most overvalued quarterback. Got to ask. Though, oh because, my God. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But <laughs> three you, games, you you know what happens though? When I people know. play on TV longer than other people that drives prices up, but they should normally have to play well on TV for the hey, price to go up. I'm just saying, I agree. Oh I agree. God. We, we, we got to tie uh, this next question in because I've seen a lot of takes on this. So I want to hear your guys' opinion. So uh, Amari Cooper now is the wide receiver one in Cleveland for Deshaun Watson. Uh, looking across the last couple of finishes here, um, without just listing everything off, the last couple of years, 2021, going back to 2018, for the most part, he's averaged around 15 fantasy points, give or take. Uh, this past season was actually the lowest across the last handful of years with 13.5. But uh I think you can count on him seeing a lot of targets, right, in this system. I think we know that Deshaun Watson in the past has had uh, wide receivers that finished pretty well for fantasy. So fact or cap, we'll go to Kevin first. Amari Cooper should be a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy in 2022. So I'm going to say going based on Watson will play the whole year. I'm just going to go into that assumption because I don't know what's going to happen with That's that. That's a good point. Uh, if he so under that assumption, I think Cooper could fit in at like 10. Like, I think he has a chance to kind of be that low end wide receiver one area. Um, if Watson plays the whole year, I do think they'll draft somebody, so I think they are going to bring some competition in there. Um, or maybe they'll you know they'll, they'll get somebody else, but I think that he could finish at 10. Cooper is very talented, it's a consistency thing that's an issue, but I do think in that offense, it suits his game pretty well, especially play action and those type of things. All right, Thomas, same question. Amari Cooper should be a top 10 wide receiver in 2022. Fact or cap? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, he's got it ready to go. <laughs> so uh, I'm uh, – uh, no thanks. Hard no. Uh, that's, that's two caps worth. Amari Cooper is a beta. He has been a beta almost his entire career, even when he's been the guy. So just, I'm ready for this one. Fantasy points per game last year, 27, 21, 14, 21, 31, 16, 27. He's been the guy before. He, he's he been the guy on high volume passing offenses. No thanks. Now you're going to be the like number one, number two rushing offense in the league, and they're going to bring somebody else in. 
and they use tight ends like crazy. No, thanks. He's a trap. He's a huge trap. But this is the best quarterback he's ever played with. And sure. that, I'm saying as a Cowboys fan, I love Dak. But I, Watson... I agree. But Dak's good enough that you shouldn't finish 27-21. 14 was pretty good. Eight touchdowns. Career high, mind you. Right? You should be you should be better than that if you're playing with Dak on a team that with a quarterback that good. Like the philosophies aren't going to be much different between Dallas and what Cleveland does. Run the ball constantly and then throw it off play action. He should be fine. You know he's going to miss games. Now he's playing in Cleveland where it's going to be miserable for half of the year, if not more. I, I just no, I, I can't do it. I can't buy top 10. If he's if he starts hitting top 10, I will yeet all of my shares into into the sun Oblivion. and get back yeah. that haul. Yeah, uh Kevin mentioned earlier. The, the suspension or a lack of suspension, I think, is going to have a big impact on this. Otherwise, it's going to be Jacoby Brissett throwing the ball uh, in Cleveland. I'm going to put you guys on the spot again because uh, I just like like to do that sort of thing. But I, I listed a couple guys, Justin, <clears throat> Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. I, I listed those guys as guys I, I feel pretty comfortable saying they're, they're top 10, right? Uh, I got a couple other guys uh, I'm going to give you uh, a this or that. No explanation. You tell me next season as of today, what's today? March 21st, 2022. Who'd you rather have in 2022? Amari Cooper or this guy? Can I ask, uh, no if it, is this for my dynasty rosters or is this just for this, this season? Just for the season. Just for the okay. season. Because okay. a lot of people, a lot of people have said immediately Amari Cooper, uh, 2022, top 10. So that's why I want to get a grasp for how we, we see this for next year. So uh, we'll go, we'll go Kevin Thomas. In that in that order, you just give me your guy. So Amari Cooper or Stefan Diggs? Diggs. Diggs. Okay. Amari Cooper or Debo Samuel? Debo. Debo. Easy. All right. Amari Cooper or DK Metcalf? DK. You know, I'm gonna go Cooper. All right. So we're getting a little some discrepancy here. All right. Uh Amari Cooper or Jalen Waddle. Waddle. I'm going Waddle. You guys can jump at any rate. It doesn't matter. E- easy Waddle. I'm le- you said Ke- I'm letting Kevin do his thing. He's, he's yeah, that's true. Here. That's true. That's true. All right, last two. Ex- uh, respect to the vet here. Hey, hey, that's uh, <laughs> that's very noble of you. All right, last two. Uh, Amari Cooper or T. Higgins? Oh. You, I'm going to go Cooper. I'm going to be. I'm going to piss Thomas off and say Cooper. Well, T's an alpha, so I'm gonna take him. I, I don't. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to fake. Year, but I, I know I that's fine. I, I don't want to fake alpha. Well, Mixon's gonna miss seven games, say- and they're gonna throw the ball four hundred times. So, yeah. Let, last one. Last one. Amari Cooper or Mitch Trubisky's Deontay Johnson. I'm gonna go Deontay with. I love. I'm a big Deontay guy, so I'm going Deontay on that one. Deontay's a better Allen Robinson. Give me Deontay. All right. All right. That's interesting. So I, I listed off like, uh, like five or six there. And then before a bunch, so he based off of this, that was about 13 guys, I think. So, uh, interesting stuff. Last, last piece of this, uh, this, this Cleveland puzzle, because again, that was the biggest news so far, in my opinion, this off season, uh, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb. I want to bring up Nick Chubb. So we saw this past season, um, you know, I was looking for better examples of like a, a massive leap because of a quarterback change. And some people were saying like some people threw out there like Leonard Fournette, but we saw, you know, for fantasy purposes in the past, Leonard Fournette be a, a top 10 guy. So I, I didn't want to go with that route, but Joe, Joe Mixon had a career year uh, with the full season of Joe Burrow. Uh, we could say it's a quarterback change, but uh, in reality, it kind of was because he had a full season of his guy. Um, I'm not saying that that's a direct correlation, but we, we we've seen before with a quarterback change that, it can, you know, it can actually improve the, the, the value of a, a running back, despite people thinking that an offense just changes to a passing offense and the guy, you know, loses value. But I'm curious, fact or cap, we'll go Thomas and Kevin. Nick Chubb's value increases with the Watson signing. Yeah, that's fact. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. fact for sure. I, so I think it's fact, but I don't think it increases as much as people are saying it's been increasing. Mm. Like, I think it's I think it's okay. But in PPR league and stuff, I don't know how valuable he is. Like, I, I saw someone rank him outside the top 24 in PBR leagues. Someone who I respect. 
from football guys. And so I, I think they're, I, I think that is there. Wait, call his they, name out right now. They what? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, Can you I'm repeat kidding. that for me? So I made sure that I, I was heard the top that in PPR leagues. I do think that there are question marks about, about Chubb's, you know, his value. I do think that I'm not as high on Chubb either. Um, I do think it improves because Watson isn't going to be there. Uh, but I do think that he, it's not that he hasn't stayed healthy. I, I know that he's been banged up a few times. I do think they're going to bring someone in. I think that we're going to see the targets go a little bit differently. I don't think they're going to run as much. I do think that they're going to get Watson more involved. So I, I, I worry about, you know, the volume. I think he's still going to get it. But I, I do think that his volume, his value goes up. So it's not a cap, but it's not as much as people want to make it out to be. It's interesting because you picture two two things that'll change, right? Uh, one thing is probably, you know, maybe he doesn't pound the rock as much as he did the the previous year. Maybe they don't depend on him to um, to to lead the Browns' offense. But then you might also say, well, maybe now we won't see as many stacked boxes. I don't have those stats in front of me. Stacked boxes, or you know, maybe there's some lanes that open up because uh, it's a more dynamic offense. But uh, I can see the push and pull for for both of those things. Uh, with Nick Chubb. Oh, we've been talking. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Nick Chubb is one of my favorite. Now, I used to use this Mike Saber as a hater, but now it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm come, I've, I've come around because he doesn't have Baker at the helm, which is like one of my number one reasons for hating everything Cleveland. Uh, but number 10, number seven, number 10 in points per game. And now the offense goes up. Efficiency, you would think, would go up, right? Like you had mentioned without, you know, again, people focusing on Baker not being able to, you know, throw it to his own team. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I love Nick Chubb right now. His value is eight. I'm, so, for me, though, Chubb's a selling dynasty. Like, if you – I'm out. I, I always, I'm always trying to get rid of my running backs before their second contract anyway. But, like, to me with this value bump, if you can get somebody else, I would go after somebody else, get younger. But that's just how I roll my dynasty leagues. That's just what I do. The – uh, I, I I agree. He's hit 26, so he's dead to me for the most part. But I mean, if he's an old again, man. He's an he, old he's, man. the thing is, we actually talked about this with uh, with uh, Ben Gretsch was that at what point do you start going against that? Maybe even in startups, if everyone is letting Nick Chubb fall to the sixth and seventh round because drafting receivers is cool. When do you just take that guy for that spot? Like he refused. He said he would never do it in his life. But you know, if that mentality is becoming more popular, at some point, even with his value boost, he becomes a value in and of himself in the offseason. He's gonna be impossible to get in the season. So yeah. if you want to go and get him, you do it now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree to that. I agree to that. Um, next guy on the list here, we'll we'll move on. Uh, this has been pretty, I've seen a lot of, a lot of takes for this as well. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, I wanted him to be a Chicago bear because we have nobody to throw the ball to outside of Darnell Mooney right now, but we decided to sign, uh, Pringle and, uh, Amon Ra St. Brown's older brother. That's really his younger brother in ability. Uh, so that's what we got going on in Chicago, but Juju ended up going to Kansas city and, uh, looking at the targets, uh, in Kansas city, the last two seasons. Two guys, two guys get a lot, and the third guy usually gets a little. So 2021, Tyreek Hill, 159 targets. Kelsey, 134. The third option, 83. In 2020, Kelsey, 145. Hill, 135. The third option, 62. So a lot of people have been going back and forth. Is is Juju a, a big uh, fantasy asset now in, in, um, in Kansas City now that he's with Patrick Mahomes? Or... Is he a guy that's going to be losing out on, on, on some value just because uh, that third option is not utilized a lot? So uh, factor cap, Juju is a sell in Dynasty because he is behind Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill as that third option for Mahomes. Kevin, what's your thoughts here? Yeah, this is cap, and I don't care what anybody says. I'm so sick of that narrative of the third guy in that offense. You know what? It has to be talented guy, and I don't think they've had the talent as you see. I mean, you'll see Pringle here a little bit, a pop close and personal, Nick. Uh, but like to me, like Juju's talented. I know there's Juju haters out there, and I know because they get mad because they dance on TikTok and they're boomers. I still think that Juju is a talent asset. I think that he'll excel well in that offense, especially because the last time he played next to an alpha – Okay, and he was there. 
then he he looked good with Antonio Brown there. I think that he is uh, Antonio Brown. Excuse me. I think that he is there. If someone's telling me to sell all the time, I'm going to buy the shit out of them because I do think that there's value to be had because I do think you're going to have that. I traded for Juju. I traded Kadarius Tony and a third for Juju. I will do that all day because I am not on there. But since I don't think the value is as high as everybody thinks it is with Mahomes in that offense with the contracts, I think Kelsey Kelsey's going to take a step back at some point. I still think that they can they can have three guys there that are relevant. And the the only the the one comment I want to make uh, before we go to, to Thomas is I I do also agree that uh, the comparison of of, of Miko Hardman and Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson is kind of an unfair one for the situation. So not going to say that that won't continue, that the third option kind of gets the bottom of the barrel targets. I'm not going to say that that's not going to happen. I'm not going to say it will. I'm going to let Thomas talk in a second. But I hate the comparisons of guys that are pretty average to below average uh, wide receivers with Juju, who you, you might say is not as good as people thought after that 1400 yard season. But uh, I'd still say on a talent perspectives, uh, a good step ahead of all three of those guys. And I, I wouldn't, you know, I'm going to be one of those uh, Twitter commenters that says, and it's not remotely close, but oh, we'll yeah. see what Tom, Thomas has to say about uh, Juju. Is he a uh, factor cap? Juju is a sell for being that third option in the offense. Uh, that's fact. Uh, here's, here's why. And, and, and here's why. First off, if you're, if you're a grown adult or a grown adult male that cares that somebody TikToks, first off, you need help. Uh, stop worrying about it. Mute TikTok, mute Juju, and you're gonna, you're gonna live a happier life. Second of all, in 2020, he had 128 targets. Now, I don't know how many targets you think that he's going to get in Kansas City, if it's 100, 110. But he got 97 balls for 831 yards and nine touchdowns. That's a tight end. He's a tight end. I will care about Juju if Travis Kelsey gets hurt because then he'll get used as a tight end. He also had uh, Big Ben throwing him the ball. Big, Big Ben threw the ball like 641,322 times that year. Yeah. And it just, well, But okay. he, he wasn't good after the catch. And outside of, again, his one blow-up season with 166 targets, he's been fine, and he's a fine asset. I think that a wide receiver like 24, wide receiver 22, maybe in points per game, if his touchdowns you know, really boom, if he gets past his career-high nine that he had in 2020, sure, awesome. Am I willing to bet on that? Absolutely not. Andy Reid producing a, a wide receiver, like a second wide receiver in his offense is just not a thing I want to bet on. The, the, That's right, Kenny. Kenny in the chat says he, he agreed. Ka, he also Kablusik. I hope I didn't blow that, but I think that's Kablusik. Kenny's a great guy. Kenny's a great guy from uh, back home around the area over here. Uh, we also have a question in the chat. All, I just want to, on a side note, say that I, I love the fact, because too often I have uh, people on the show and everybody like holds hands the whole time and, and, and agrees with each other. So I, I'm actually happy that we got a lot of disagreements going on for for, for, for once here. And the last two shows I had was just me in front of the screen. And all I did was talk for an hour straight. Kevin <laughs> found me the one time. So I'm just sitting back and I, and I love the fact that we got some disagreements going on. I love it. It's not even a, so I won't even say that it's like a disagreement. I totally for different really, perspectives. Exactly. F philosophical differences. He's only 25. Now he runs and moves like he's 45, but he's a 25 year old wide receiver. Who's getting a bump at quarterback. Obviously, it just his his targets will he'll have to be super efficient for him to be as relevant, and that's why I'm out. But I think he can be. Right. So for me, sure. I, think, I think he can be efficient. I think we could see the numbers go up, and Hill being there, I do think that when you're looking at Hill, I know that he's gonna get he's gonna get the targets that we like to see. But you know, Hill he has those boom and bust games. I think yeah. maybe Juju could be that guy for for Mahomes too, that outlier guy that we're gonna see maybe some targets go in that eight nine target range. And I I think that it could be. And I don't believe in the running situation at all. Like Ch is trash. We all know that. Yeah, so I, I do garbage. think there's a value there. He's poo poo. Uh, one thing I'll say, I think the best thing for Juju is going to a division or a conference, whatever that will play the cover two shell the whole time. Cause that's yeah. what he's being brought in for. I think mm -hmm. so he'll, I think a couple of 10 reception games I think is in his, in his future. Uh, that's just not someone I want to play weekly. That's all. That's, yeah. that's yeah. just, you know, good best ball players, right? Like that. But uh, <laughs> I like him better in best ball. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the, uh, that's the, the go-to line lately for uh, guys that we're not sure about. You just say, 
you know what? He's probably a really good best ball player. Uh, the gray area is in the chat. Has a quick question. We'll, we'll answer this here uh, quick. 14-team dynasty, one quarterback, 10 offense, 11 IDP. It's a, it's, a, it's a big kid's league right here. Owner before me traded away literally all 2022 and 2023 one through seven round picks. So for a league like this, when you have both sides of the ball, that's why you have so many rounds. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Evans, Cooper are my only immediate trade pieces. Uh, he goes on to say, should I blow it up? Um, should I look for 2023 first rounders? I'm going to say my, this is, this is tough because I feel like some of these guys right here, if you wait a year to trade them, they're going to have a big value change, right? Dalvin cook, maybe Mike Evans, Cooper, but if it's a 14 team league, I don't know what the defense looks like. Maybe this is a contending team this year. Maybe you just kind of roll with it and go with it. Uh, what, what do you What do you guys think? You guys can jump in and ever you know whatever uh, order you want to go in right now. I, I I'm I'm kind of pushing pool because if his defense is really good in this league and he's got these four pieces, Del or three pieces, Delvin Cook, Evans. He said he had Aaron Rodgers as well uh, and Cooper. Could he just go for it this year and then go from there afterwards? I, I don't know. Uh, 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 so for the most part, uh, uh, uh gray, uh, you lost me at, at defense and IDP, but I'll say this, those players that you listed like Dalvin Cooper Evans are already on my sell table. So I would be selling. Right. So I, I, again, they hit that age point, right. Where I don't want them on my dynasty rosters and their productivity. The only reason you like Evans is a sell right now because Brady came back. If Brady was gone, you're not going to be able to sell him. So uh, get rid of him while like while it's possible. One hundred percent. Get everything that you can. If you're in this for the long haul, you get rid of them all and start the build because it sounds like other people have already got to jump on you. Kevin, what's your thoughts? And here's the added piece: If I trade away the three pieces for picks, I have no team really, and I gotta wait till 2024 LMAO, which means laughing my ass off. Man, we're really hitting all the good teen words today. LMAO, fat cap, we're, we're crushing a couple of bad words because I label this podcast explicit, so I just have to roll with my brand. Um, so, yeah, no, I think I, I'm on the same you know mindset as Thomas. I would just say, like, Evans for me, I just wrote it on Football Guys, like, I think two days ago, I said, hey, this is the time to get rid of Evans because of the Brady bump. Um, and I do think there is that. I do think, though, that you can rebuild through not just picks. I think that's one mistake dynasty managers yes. make. They try to rebuild through picks, which are just – they're crapshoots anyway, 50 60% hit rates. or even probably lower than that in terms of the top 10 guys. So I would definitely – you can rebuild through younger pieces. Look for advantages of where you can get guys. Think of Elijah Moore. You know, that's Nick's guy. Think of yeah. some guys that maybe you can go grab that maybe I, I even like Ayuk. I know that some people don't, but I do think he's cheaper. Then you can kind of add seconds. So one of the things I like to do is trade pieces like Evans for some guy that I think can finish in that wide receiver two range. And I just grab like a 2023 20, second, which is pretty valuable right now based on what's coming out. And I just kind of do it that way too. Like there's other ways you can trade guys instead of just picks. I think there's a good way to rebuild that way. Or you just use the, the, the timing strategy, get a bunch of picks yeah. right now, and then wait until the day of your rookie draft and say, this one's on the block, best best offer. And uh, if you do some in-person rookie drafts, sometimes you get stupid returns for picks because everybody's drinking beers, hyped up to draft the rookies, and then they overpay for uh, you know the 112 or the, the 203 or something like that. Uh, next, uh, next question here for the Factor Cap. So looking at the, the mighty Detroit Lions, we got DJ Chark is now on the team. Amon Ross St. Brown had that killer uh, end of the season there. So here's a couple quick tidbits. Uh, DJ Chark, uh, his best season, 2019, 14 games. He was the wide receiver, 16 overall. He averaged 15.6. He had seven games above that average, three games above 100 receiving yards, and two of them being for 146 and 164. So we've seen a lot of good games out of him. He had two games with two touchdowns as well. Amon Ross St. Brown, as we know from this past season, weeks 13 through 18, six straight weeks of 10-plus targets, and he only had 10 targets one time during that stretch. So he was getting heavily targeted. His yardage was good. He had six touchdowns across those six weeks for fantasy uh, without just reading out all the decimal points. Very, very good for fantasy. So looking at both of them coexisting, we have TJ Hawkinson, who this season averaged 7.3 targets per game, fifth amongst tight ends. 
We had DeAndre Swift, who averaged six targets per game, which was tied for first among uh, amongst running backs. They both missed some time. So fact or cap, so I can breathe. DJ Chark and Amon Ross St. Brown will limit each other's upside and only be flex plays for your fantasy lineups moving forward. Is that fact or cap? Uh, we'll go uh, Kevin. I'm just, I forgot the order. No, I mean, I'll just say cap. Or, no, I'm going to say fact, but I'm going to just say they're going to be limited until Jared Goff's not their quarterback. I, I don't I don't necessarily think. I, I know. Goff guy <sighs> over here, Nick. Yeah, but if Malik gets drafted there, though, which I think is a possibility, then we could be looking at a top five offense in the NFL. I really do think that. With Swift, Hawkinson, these guys there. And then you're looking at upside there. But I don't think of them anything as more than flex plays right now. If they're not flex plays, then you did a terrible job of drafting and having a team. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think you guys can plug those guys in. In that world, it would be a scary offense. But Ryan Poles, the GM for the Bears, the new guy said that we were going to take the North and never give it back. So I don't, I don't oh. know if that's how possible <laughs> it is. But uh, Th- Thomas, same question: DJ Chark and uh, Amon Ra- Rasay Brown will limit each other's upsides and only be flex plays moving forward. I'm going to say that's a cap. And I'm also going to remind you that the Starks said that they were going to reclaim the North and they gave it up like four times. So uh, he didn't watch that. I, that just, stuff, I don't think I, I would just chill on that. Um, uh, no, I think Amon Ross St. Brown is the type of receiver you want when Jared Goff is your quarterback. I think DJ Chark made a horrific decision uh, picking his teams. He got the money and I, I like that for him but he's really just like a, a fancy Reynolds anyway. So I don't particularly care about Chark affecting it. I care more like Hawkinson coming back and, and hurting Amon Ra. But I mean, if you're playing in a, a, you know, a league that has, you know, start three receivers, start three flexes or two flexes, three receivers, whatever. Yeah. Then yeah, I'm, I'm more than fine plugging Amon Ra in every week until he shows me he can't do it. And at the end of the year, he showed that he could do it and I haven't seen it yet. So no, I I don't think Chark's the one. If they draft a receiver at 30, uh, what they have 33 or whatever, 32 and 34. Yeah. If they draft a receiver there, I'm going to be worried. Like if Pickens comes to town, I'm like, all right, yay. I I want him gone. But until then, uh, mummy's alive. There can, can slide onto my rosters anytime he wants. The disrespect to to my boy Chark that you just said he's Josh Reynolds. That he's is fancy. That, he's fancy. That Josh is hurtful. Reynolds. Yeah, but I mean, come on, with golf, come on. No, I get it. I get it. Golf's right. Uh, he did say <laughs> in an interview though. Uh, the this was in Detroit. Uh, they asked, well, "What do you bring to Detroit?" And he said something along the lines of. Uh, I got the best drip. So I don't know if that factors into anything for your guys' analysis, but he said he's got the best drip. His Great. song is baby shark stop it Dang. your drip is a kid's song hey stop I, I got mine on too right now he was wearing his chain i got mine on so i'm trying <laughs> yeah. to live that life yeah. but um, do they play baby shark when you walk into a room or like catch a pass well, i have like a no. little a little human running around my house so there's that sort of stuff playing all the time so i can't tell for, if it's like my music or her music but for it's the small the human not for when you walk into the gym they don't play baby shark because <laughs> they're like nick is here baby no. Shark. No. No, no it's not that's his drip that's what he's known for there we go relax all right all right Let, let's get into one more question because we're getting close to an hour mark and on I don't want to keep you guys too long. And then I'm going to do a speed round for any of the remaining questions. So this one's, this one's interesting here. So uh, the commanders McKissick, he was set to go to Buffalo. He said, nah, I'm just kidding. And he was coming back to the commanders. Uh, We thought he was leaving. He's coming back. So looking at JD McKissick, uh, a lot of people feel that he limits Antonio Gibson's upside because Antonio Gibson was a pass catcher in college. And this guy is a patch catcher in the NFL, McKissick. So uh, McKissick, 43 receptions in 11 games in 2021. Gibson, 42 receptions in 16 games in 2021. 80 receptions for McKissick in uh, 16 games for 2020. 36 in 14 games for Gibson in 2020. So obviously there's a separation in the receiving. We've seen ups and downs for Gibson throughout his two-year career so far. 
But they both are going to coexist again. And I kind of get it because, not to get in a rant here, but I feel like McKissick knew his role uh, with the commanders and he he, he felt uh, coming back maybe made more sense. But that's beyond that. Uh, so here's the, the question here. Factor cap, you should not be comfortable with Antonio Gibson as your fantasy team's RB1 because McKissick is back. Thomas, we'll go to you for this. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to agree that you shouldn't be comfortable. I'm going to disagree. It's because McKissick is back. You shouldn't have been comfortable with him as your running back one to begin with. Interesting. Interesting. Does something stand out outside of McKissick for you that that's the, uh, that, that, that comes out. So, uh, so openly there. Uh, I am terrified by running backs who come out and are super hyper efficient for touchdowns to, to have their sustained value that terrifies me as my rb as my number one especially at his price right fan pete like he was a twitter darling super athletic big size speed he was a receiver that converted to running back awesome love it his hype too high too fast then he scored a bunch of touchdowns and he's he's a running back so they're all injury prone but he's he's limited in his role his quarterback didn't get much better. They are losing offensive linemen. I'm just not comfortable with him as my one, period. Not because just because of McKissick. All right, Kevin, same question. Uh, you should not be comfortable with Antonio Gibson as your RB1 for fantasy, for your fantasy team, uh, because McKissick is back. Yeah, my, my answer is going to be kind of the same with that in terms of McKissick. That's cap. I'm not worried about McKissick. But I will say, too, like my biggest my biggest problem with, with Antonio Gibson as a running back one is Carson Wentz. I know that Taylor, we look, but Taylor is different than, uh, than Antonio Gibson in terms of everything. That offensive line is different. A lot of stuff's going on there. I, I do think Gibson will struggle this year and he's got to stay healthy. And there is a real thing. Can he handle the volume? I think that's a real, that's a real issue, especially what we saw from the college. He didn't really, there was no volume there. So can he do that? And I think at this point, he's got to have a good year this year. And I don't think it's going to be a running back one type season as much as people wanted to believe it. Remember people were telling you there was analysts out there telling you to draft Gibson over Joe Mixon last year. And, and that did not work out for you. Lots. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Speed round. And then we're going to close the show. Just give me a factor cap. And uh, if you want to tweet your reason why or something, it just won't be on this show because we're getting too, too long into it. But uh, I got a couple more that were on the, the, uh, the prepared show sheet for today. Uh, interesting questions due to free agency and uh, what's happened the last couple of weeks. But uh, uh, we'll go in any order. You guys can spit it out. We don't have to set the order here. So uh, Baker Mayfield would hurt the wide receiver one on whatever team he lands on. Fact or cap? Fact. Fact. He's terrible. He's awful. Yeah, Bye. I, I, I agree. I, Be a backup. I've been a... Uh, anti-Baker guy myself. Uh, next one, Deonta Foreman will create a running back by committee for CMC in Carolina. Cap. Uh, cap, but Chuba Hubbard uh, definitely sucks. <laughs> I think that just like kind of said that with them getting him, you know, with uh, McCaffrey still being there. Um, ne- next one here, the Raheem Mostert signing makes Chase Edmonds a sell in Dynasty. I'm going to say cap because Mostert needs to stay healthy before anybody is a sell in dynasty. Uh, I'm going to say cap, but Edmund shouldn't, uh, should have been sold when his value went up <laughs> yeah. because he changed his visor. No, that, that, that has an impact in itself. And the last one on the show sheet here, the Jaguars additions this off season are enough for Trevor Lawrence to take a huge year two jump. Um, Cat-ish because Urban Meyer is not there. Not about the assets. <laughs> Cat because Christian Kirk is just baby Kenny Galladay with that contract. Fake alpha. No thanks. Very interesting stuff. Trevor Lawrence was horrific. That's one of the worst. The only thing Trevor Lawrence liked doing more than throwing into triple coverage downfield last year was just hyper-targeting his slot. And that's if that's what all you can do, no thanks. Bye-bye. My my on a quick side note, my my fantasy the fantasy points extra point show that I was on every Sunday we did player prop bets for fantasy points. My like biggest player prop bet that I kept betting on every week was Trevor Lawrence under one passing touchdown, and it kept hitting over and over and over again. I mean, he had a 
at a handful. But. Can, I, can I just say, Kenny got this right. Jump from last year's stats, yes, but giant leap, not a chance. Well, there we go. I just wanted to shout out. I saw that at the bottom. Kenny there got it right. There we go. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Good show, guys. Uh, again, we probably could have uh, won another 20, 30, 40 minutes. I, I, I don't want uh, anybody to get in trouble because I know I will myself, but I want <laughs> to remind uh, the people where they can find you guys on social media and then anything you want to plug coming up for you that people should look forward to. And we'll start uh, start with Thomas again, then we'll go to Kevin. Well, you can find me at Thomas Tipple FF over at the Bird app. You can find me also running the at Dynasty Tilt Twitter account over there. You can catch me tomorrow night with Josh Larkey, Jacob Sanderson, FF underscore RTDB, Big Billy FF uh, as we run the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. Catch me Saturday at the Fantasy Walkabout. And remember that your best days, well, they're always spent tilting. All right. All right. Kevin, Kevin. I, I can't follow that. But you can follow me on Twitter at the boys underscore 22. Uh, and then you can also, in the next week, I'll be having another article out for football guys. I'm going to be looking at a super flex mock, but I'm also going to be putting a value in there. So a little bit of a kind of a different type of mock. Uh, and then also, you know, the Debbie Royale Patreon. Check it out. We appreciate you guys. It's only three bucks a month, and you get a manifest that's over 150 pages of content plus rookie content. So appreciate you guys there. Great stuff, great stuff for myself. Uh, I have a collaboration article coming out this week with a bunch of other content creators. And then uh, I'll probably be by myself again Wednesday, just talking to the screen, uh, trying to mix that up, trying to mix up being a host and hearing some other perspectives and then me just rambling for like 30, 30 minutes or something like that. So you can look forward to that live here where you saw this show. But thank you guys for tuning in and uh, enjoy the rest of the week in the, this NFL offseason.